Hey folks, welcome to our special series, Heroes Caring for Heroes on the Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver podcast. Today, we're featuring organizations who offer services and support to our hero caregivers. Now, let's listen in as we learn more about these amazing organizations. Well, hello, Miss JJ. Hey, Natalie, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. You know, we've got another ep- episode of educational resources for our heroes, Caring oh. for Heroes campaign. Uh, and you know what? We have a fantastic resource to share today. Right. We have Jennifer Jenkins from the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. And wow, Jennifer, we are so happy to have you on the show to talk about the great things the foundation is doing for veterans and their families and actually active duty because you all, you all active duty veterans and their uh, family members and caregivers, you, you all are hitting it all. Well, I'm honored to join you a fellow caregiver. It's always good to spend time with others who play in the same dirt as you if you will. Yes. And, uh, and yes, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation is proud to serve anyone that is taking care of an active duty service member, guard, reserve, veteran, doesn't matter if your veteran served in World War II or they're still serving right now. It doesn't matter if they're 99 or 19. Mm. And that's my favorite part about the foundation. Wow. Oh, I love that. So I love that a lot of these foundations we work with started because of a caregiver. And the Elizabeth Dole Foundation started because Elizabeth Dole said, oh, by the way, I'm in this caregiving situation and I need help. Is that correct? It sure did. And most people see Senator Dole as the transformative cabinet member who's the reason why we wear seatbelts and have airbags and safe speed limits or as the leader of the American Red Cross through the new understanding of AIDS and why we need to screen our blood and how important blood is and the national campaign to get people to give blood. But they don't think of her as the caregiver for a a World War II veteran. Mm. Um, Her husband, Senator Bob Dole, had significant disabilities from his time in service. He almost died in the mountains of Italy during World War II. And so she helped him in many ways during their marriage. But when he had a stroke, spent 10 months at Walter Reed Army Medical Center, that's when Senator Dole really became a caregiver and got to spend time with other caregivers. She realized that they needed a voice. Mm. So when did the when did the foundation give us a little bit of history, put some color around the history of the foundation? Yeah. So um, in 2012, Mm -hmm. uh, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation uh, launched our first class of fellows. So fellows who are caregivers who live the life of caring for uh, a wounded, ill or injured service member or veteran. Mm -hmm. And their purpose was to come together and say, these are the issues we're facing. We need support in this way financially. We need education or we need awareness. And she did something really critical. This is what smart people do. They gather data, right? Because you can have the most compelling plea in the world, but if you don't have some numbers to put with it, you're not going to get the attention that you need. So she gathered together some organizations like Wounded Warrior Project and said, hey, we need this survey done to find out 
who are these military caregivers? You know, the, the public at the time had the thought in their mind that it's a young spouse, maybe, you know, she has a couple of kids and she's, her veteran has served in combat, got shot or stepped up on an IED. But the reality was a lot different. And that's what that initial survey uh, came back in 2014. It took a couple years to gather mm -hmm. all the data. That's when Senator Dole was able to say, listen, there are five and a half million of these caregivers. Who knew? Right. And that's old data. So it's not, even, yeah. you know, that's not 2023. I'm sure there's a lot more by now. There is another survey underway right now. Yeah. It's actually going to also include the children of those caregivers mm. and the effects that caregiving has had on them. I'm really excited to see that data when it's, when it's finished, it's nearly done. So you may have to have us back on the podcast to talk about We would that. love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Since that time, um, Senator Dole has brought on a fellows class every year because every caregiving experience, as you guys know, is unique and individual and represents a different subset of the population. And she gives those caregiver fellows an opportunity to talk to the nationally elected leaders, to corporate and nonprofit leaders. Um, and I myself had the honor of being a fellow in 2014 because I am a caregiver. Well, we can totally relate to your caregiving. May not be military, but there is one thing that is universal. And I think that's the biggest thing that we wanted to say is in, in the sense of as we're doing this series, caregiving does not discriminate. We all have our own past experiences where we're going to experience caregiving a little bit differently and military and the life, living that military life and what happened that puts you into caregiving for military versus what put it in for me and my husband as cancer versus us and our mom, Parkinson's. But there is a common thread in that sense of thoughts and feelings at times and feeling like we're not doing enough, maybe we're not strong enough. And so I know that the Elizabeth Dole Foundation has created programs to really support, again, active duty veterans, but also the hidden heroes. So could you talk about the programs, especially the hidden heroes program? Oh, absolutely. So our, obviously our oldest program is advocacy itself. Mm -hmm. Senator Dole has been incremental in helping to pass to get legislation passed to educate our lawmakers about what the needs are of the caregivers and giving the caregivers the opportunity to be face-to-face -face with those leaders. So I myself have had the chance to speak at the White House, Congress. Mm. I never would have dreamed that. Definitely <laughs> my Mr. Smith goes to Washington moment to tell people that I'm a sibling caregiver and we have very unique challenges to say the least and, and to be very specific about what those needs are. After all that advocacy started, Senator and her team realized that caregivers need a place to connect and that hidden heroes, as she defines them, the caregivers of veterans and service members need their own community and their play own place to network because we have very unique perspective. We created an online support community, a safe place for caregivers to learn from one another, to vent, to share, to share wins, to talk about losses. And that program, the Hidden Heroes Caregiver Community is very near and dear to my heart. And it's really integrated with our cities and counties program. 
because those community-based programs can bring in the virtual community members. So I might need to talk to somebody on Saturday night virtually about what I'm going through. And that person could be in Hawaii, they could be in Germany, but then also being able to go to downtown Indianapolis to a caregiver event is important too. It's important to be have those connections virtually, but also to do some face-to-face. We can't just isolate in our caregiving worlds. Mm. Several other programs that have been hugely impactful, a HOPE grant program for emergency financial services, teaching financial readiness and end-of-life planning to caregivers, not just for their loved ones, but for themselves, which is very important. A lot of times we, we forget that we have to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. first. And many other programs. It's the dynamic nature of the foundation that I love so much. What worked 10 years ago may not fit what's needed today. And Senator and her team are really understanding that they have, sometimes you have to shift gears. Yeah. I think it's really important to point out who qualifies Mm. to work with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. Like who do I have to be? Who can join up with the hidden heroes? Well, you don't just have to care for somebody with a purple heart. You know, I do. I do. My brother has a purple heart. He was wounded in combat. But you might also care for a service member that experienced invisible wounds, Mm. maybe military sexual trauma, maybe anxiety, depression, even traumatic brain injury can happen from the result of a car accident or a training accident. And so I always want to make sure people understand that it doesn't matter if you're caring for a 19-year-old who got hurt in boot camp or if your loved one is 99 and served in World War II and got hurt in combat and has a bronze star and you know they call it a fruit salad when they have all the medals. Uh, on their I've never heard of that. I like that a fruit salad. <laughs> yeah, not everybody. Some people just have one piece of fruit. That's okay. We, okay, that's funny. Heroes is for them too. It's for everybody. Wounded, ill, injured, Maybe they have Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. It doesn't matter if they're registered with the VA. If they're not registered, that's um, irrelevant. And what really matters is that you have a relationship with someone who served and you help provide care for them. Mm. I think that's really important because I think as civilians, you know, and this was something that I learned probably a month or two ago, I went to a different, I heard a panel interview with individuals who are uh, other nonprofit organizations who were providing supports. And they talked about whether you're registered with the VA or not. And so I think those as a civilian, as we're wanting to help individuals, because I've said it on the other ones, I don't know anyone who doesn't know someone who has served. And if you don't, it's kind of odd to me. I'm like, what rock have you been living under? Or do you need more friends? And so, (laughs) and that's okay, because I think everybody should have friends. But we have a lot of individuals who have served, who are both active duty or veterans themselves. And typically, if we hear someone who needs help, our basic human nature is, well, how can I help? And so I think, you know, we had something similar happen where somebody had said, you know, hey, I serve this individual, it's a chiropractor. And, you know, he, we were worried he was going to, you know, not going to have housing. And so we talked about what are the different supports out there? And I know we're talking about caregivers, but it's like, how can we as civilians support our military caregivers to support those active duty or veterans, et cetera. So I think that's really, really important. (laughs) 
you know, and I think that you hit on something really big. Like you need to have friends in this, whether you're caring for a civilian or you're caring for a veteran, you need to have caregiver friends who understand what burnout looks like, but who also understand how impactful education and inspiration can be in turning around your, your mental and physical wellness as a caregiver. I'm really proud of a program at the foundation called C3, which is caregiver community connection. Mm. So they bring in experts, whether it's talking about food insecurity and how you can find resources for that or ways to find more affordable housing or something, something like yoga or meditation or mindfulness. So um, that C3 program has been really great for, for caregivers in our community. And, you know, every time you participate in something like that, you're giving yourself the opportunity to make friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks like the uh, Elizabeth Dole Foundation, you guys work with other organizations as well. And when I you look at your website, I know you work with Wounded Warrior Project. It seems like I saw them on there. But you have a lot of things out there. You do respite. You do health and wellness, like you mentioned, and then you do have the peer support. If people are looking for that, how do they get involved? Is there a, you go to the website? Do I call someone? How do I do that, Jennifer? Yes. Go to hiddenheroes.org. That's where you start. That's where you start it all. There's a, you can click find help. And I love the very first line. It says, you don't have to do this alone. Mm, Okay. And not only do you not have to, don't. Just don't do this alone. That was my problem. I tried to do this alone for 10 years and it was the biggest mistake of my life because I got burned out and then I didn't know where to find resources. So go to hiddenheroes.org, click the button to sign up. It says, join our community, just sign up. And that will give you access to the online community, to all the virtual programs. Once we have your email and your zip code, then you get invited to anything local that's happening for you. And there's all kinds of other things that you you can learn about, whether it's advocacy, legislation that's coming up, or resources with partners, with states, with communities. I didn't know that there were so many resources out there. I just needed somebody to, to help me find them. As civilians, what can we do to help? Ah, I like that too. So civilians can register as well. You can sign up for the newsletter on the website and learn all the different things that the foundation is doing. And there are many public facing offerings, which I think is great because I learn a lot from caregivers in the civilian world. And I hope that civilian caregivers learn from me as well. I think it's important that we do things together. Are there ways that we can help? Oh, I like that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> we want to help, Jennifer. Like, how can we help? How can we serve? So network online, remember your friends and families and neighbors. This is the big one. I know so many caregivers of civilians. My little boy has a condition, a medical condition he was born with. And I've, I've been able to meet a lot of other moms and dads at the clinics, but caregiving in the military environment, you're sometimes really in a, a silo. You go to the VA, you don't know anybody there. You don't know anybody in your neighborhood or your, your schools. And that is, it's important that your neighbors can understand what you're going through. Something as simple as saying, you know, I see my neighbor taking her brother to the VA 
two, three, four times a week. And it seems like it's every Wednesday. And Wednesday is when the trash cans need to come off the curve. So the HOA doesn't send a letter. I'm going to offer to pull those trash cans up for her. Just that tiny, tiny little gesture can make such a difference. It does. Other little things like that. Just, and you know who the veterans are in your neighborhood. You see the flag. If they're a Marine, you know, they've got the hat on. I'm saying that because my son's a Marine. So, yeah. um, you know, we know always, Semper Fi. That's right. <laughs> you have to say United States Marine Corps. You have to say the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but so, so stop by when you're walking your dog and just say, Hey, first, thank your whole, thank you to your whole family for your service because everybody serves in a military family. And second, we want to help you. You know, can we mow your grass once a month or when do, you, when do you get your groceries? We'll help carry them in for you. Little tiny things like that right in our neighborhood are how we start making the difference. And then you can read, you can say, listen, I found out about this great thing called Hidden Heroes. And you can send them, you can send them to Hidden Heroes. Also, you can share it. You guys have wonderful social media. Thank you. Um, we're connected. So, you know, if I show up in the t- in your top followers list now, you know why. Yay! Um, we want you to be. <laughs> but but sharing the hidden heroes with your followers on social media is really important too, because you don't know your high school friend might be married to an army veteran and she might really need to connect to other spouses. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, it's interesting there. I literally was just at um, another organization that we're featuring healing strides. And like I said, a young lady, Casey is one of our guest confessors. And she talked about the impact that, you know, those non-traditional therapies have, have really helped her and her husband as, as they transitioned out of the military and uh, with him having a disability, but um, an injury. She talked about how exactly what you said, that it's really hard you know, you have all these services while you're in the military, but when you transition out, it's the community is different. And it's not that it's like, oh, we're not going to give you these things. But I mean, our younger sister was a part of the, you know, she was the Air Force. Her husband, her husband was Air Force. Her ex-husband was Air Force. And so you have all these supports. You get to a new base. All the ladies or the spouses come and say, here you go. This is where you go to the doctor. This is where you go to this. But then when you transition out, it's a little bit, not not only do you have a loss with that transition, you have a loss like it is, but you also are losing your community because you're out in the civilian world. And I think the more that, you know, we can help people find each other and these mm-hmm. supports like this, I think as a civilian, I'm like, Hey, did you know that, you know, I found out this out about Wounded Warrior. I found this out about Elizabeth Dole. I think there's a lot of people who may feel overwhelmed with that transition or may have not just gotten connected. And that could be one of the kindest things that you do, exactly what you said. Hey, we've got this available. Did you know this? And they say no. And you're like, hey, let me help connect you. Well, and the other thing about our military and their families is they're really good at being strong. You have to endure deployments or injuries and separation. And it becomes against your grain to ask for help. Yes. Then when you get isolated after you leave the military, you, you you don't stop having that mentality and it can be really difficult. So I think 
understanding how difficult it is for the military families to ask for help. It's not that they're so prideful or they don't want it or need it. They've just really learned not to, to be self-sufficient. And so they need a little bit of extra prodding and pushing. It's a little softer. (laughs) Military is a little bit like, it's structured, which aligns with, you know, I love yeah. me some structure, but I think that, I think it's, you know, the whole idea of it takes a village, regardless of military caregivers or not. It's really that you're not alone. And that's what I hear you saying that you're all's programs and how you partner with other people. So you may not be able to be everyone to, you know, everything to everyone, but you can also help them get connected with other supports to help meet their needs. Yeah, we do individual referrals. Okay. Also, so a caregiver can say, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, and a member of our staff will gather some more information and then connect you to the partners that we have who will best fit fill those gaps. And I also, I always want caregivers to go on the website just to read the stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine's on there. But every single fellow who shared their story has also shared a couple of resources other than the foundation that have helped them. Mm. In my case, it was Wounded Warrior Project and Easter Seals. Another caregiver, you know, may have connected with the service dog organization or the Fisher House. I think that's always really important too, to say, oh gosh, it, it sparks, it sparks ideas. It, it gives you that inspiration that sometimes you need to get healthier. Yeah. A little nudge. And, yeah. And I think we all learn best by others' experiences. Mm-hmm. It just, it's a big benefit. So we don't have to learn the hard way, but I can pick up a lot of hints. And I know Jennifer, you have, and we didn't share this in the beginning, Natalie, but Jennifer has a lot of military experience Yes, she because does. it's important to note that she is a caregiver for her brother who is U.S. Army retired. She is a mother of a United States Marine, and she is the wife of a Navy veteran. She's so, hitting all the branches, Jay. I'm not going to Just about. Just I mean, about, all we're missing so. is the Air Force and a couple of guards and, you know, the Coast Guard, you know. I may, maybe my little baby will go into Space yeah. Force. Oh, <laughs> still trying to figure out Space Force, you know. But. but we appreciate, again, you know, the little things that we all need to be saying, but we appreciate your service as a caregiver Absolutely. for that entire military family, so... I'm not sure how you all have dinner together because you've got, I mean, all the acronym jokes, I think we all know the acronym jokes. So between the Navy and the Marines, especially. Oh, but, so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a friend who's a Marine and he was on a Navy ship and anybody who's listened to this, who's military connected, be like, Oh, I know that acronym. And so <laughs> I also have an officer and enlisted and that's a whole other thing. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Goodness. But this is about, you know, that's the thing though, that, and this is what we've just enjoyed and been blessed by this series so much and learning about the organizations and learning about the military culture and learning about how we as civilians can come alongside and support both active duty and our veterans and their caregivers and whether they need active care now, I think anybody would say, I think any of our individual serving say that if they have a spouse partner, they absolutely, their spouse partner cares for them so they can serve. And that's the truth. And you know, everyone today that serves in the military volunteered, they they enlisted, they volunteered themselves, but their family got drafted. That's the truth, girl. (laughs) 
Well, oh my gosh. Jennifer, thank you for being drafted <laughs> by everyone in your family. We appreciate it. And we appreciate the Elizabeth Dole Foundation and all that you do. We will make sure that for all of our listeners, all of the links are uh, in all of our social media and we're going to share it. We know everybody out there will share all the information because the resources are phenomenal Absolutely. and the stories are also great. So you, we cannot get enough resources out. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you both so much. All right, guys, thank you for listening in and we hope you've enjoyed this educational podcast. Find out more information. You can go to the elizabethdolefoundation.org and you can also do Hidden Heroes. Uh, you can find out uh, more about Hidden Heroes on the elizabethdolefoundation.org website. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to our special series, Heroes Caring for Heroes. Please visit our website to learn more about our featured organizations supporting hero caregivers. But before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review and tell your friends about the Confessions podcast. Make sure you connect with us on your favorite social media site to stay up to date on all things caregiving. And of course, you'll find the video recording of our episodes on the Confessions website and our YouTube channel. We'll see you next time when we confess again.